Hey, everybody, welcome back to Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network, where we take a closer look each week at the wide, weird, and wonderful world of running. I'm your host, Jonathan Ellsworth. I'm also the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Off the Couch is presented by CBG Trails. The CBG Trails app is the only complete trail map app of Crested Butte and the Gunnison Valley, Colorado. So download the app today and start exploring. Well, in many areas of the Northern Hemisphere now, temperatures are plunging and the snow is beginning to pile up. So in this episode, I talk with Blister reviewers Maddie Hart and Gordon Janini about how they handle running and training in the cold and on snowy, icy roads and trails. Maddie and Gordon offer their tips and tricks and perspectives on this age-old conundrum of when and whether to run when the days are short and summer is a distant memory. So check it out, see if you agree or disagree with some of their practices and suggestions. And in the show notes to this episode on our website, we'd love to have you share your own best tips, tricks, and practices. And so here it is, my conversation with Maddie and Gordon from Blister HQ in the Elevation Hotel right here in Mount Crested Butte. Well, Maddie and Gordon, I've seen a whole lot of you two today. (laughs) <laughs> We've shared coffee and eaten muffins. We had great muffins. That was great. Homemade muffins that Maddie made and Gordon made. I did make the coffee, but I didn't really. Al Smith did of Camp 4 Coffee. God bless you, Al. I did brew it. Mm. I thought I did all right. It was great. It was but a, the bigger a... question, whose muffins were better? It's true. Oh, well, this actually has a pretty clear answer. I'm impressed, first of all, with both of you because I'm like a very distant third in terms of who would be making the best muffins here. Like it's, <laughs> I basically tripped off the finish line and didn't get up if this were a race. Um, I We're going to give Gordon's the win for like probably healthier. Like if you had to only subsist on muffins for the rest of your life. I, I mean, pro- that's what I'm going for. So <laughs> yeah, I probably would have gone with Gordon's, but Maddie's were more like dessert muffins kind of a thing. And so like for the like sugar crack thing, I would I would give yours the nod, but I wouldn't probably want to try to subsist on them alone forever. No, that wouldn't be good for your heart. No. So we actually had earlier today something like a three-hour mini summit on uh, the blister running section And then in honor of the fact that it also just snowed somewhere between five to 10 inches overnight and then into today, it seemed like it would be a very fitting time to talk again about winter running. So that's what we're going to be doing in this episode. And maybe just to catch up with where you two are at and what you've been up to, I think, Maddie, the last time you were like the guest on off the couch. I think you just got done like winning the Tahoe Rim 100. Yeah, and I sounded super tired and was sitting outside a coffee shop in Yosemite. Yeah, that's that, right. I believe that was my last time on. How much other stuff have you raced since then? You seems like you crew like every other day or you're pacing people. I 
it was a full uh, fall. I raced um, a couple other races, one of which I did with my friend. I helped her run her first 50-mile race, which was awesome. That was actually a really fun opportunity to get to kind of not focus on myself and my running goals, but help her achieve something that was super awesome. I also ran the Moab Half Marathon, which I had a pretty good day. I was stoked about that, especially with how quick it came after uh, Tahoe. And then I did a couple other races, like the Sage Burner, um, just kind of local stuff to keep the legs going. And it was it was all great. I had a good time, but nothing, you know, no A goals happened in the fall. I'm kind of done for the season. So now I just recovered from well, I recovered. I had an off week, um, so I took a week off of running completely. When was this? Uh, the week before Thanksgiving. And then during Thanksgiving, just kind of ran when I wanted to. Very recovery-esque. And now I'm kind of getting back into it and starting to look at 2020. Have some pretty lofty goals for next year. So, Are you willing to share any of them? Sure. Um in May, I'm going to go for a fastest known time on the Cocapelli Trail, um, which should be really interesting. And then hopefully, fingers crossed, I will get into Leadville 100 and do that as my big race 100 miler for the year. Where I will come and crew you. Yes, and we'll have pastries from yes, Kelly. exactly. Because she'll be running it too. Yeah. By the way, this is also, um, this is why I don't race that much. I like to keep the focus on other people. So that's so kind of kind. my, that's, yeah, you're welcome, everyone. Oh, thank you. Also interesting to note, sounds like maybe I ran more than you Thanksgiving week. So I get one victory for the year. So I'm pretty psyched about that. Did you run every day? Definitely not. But I ran like once oh. or twice. Yeah, we'll let you have it. Sure. Oh, you took the week off. Did you actually take the week a- before? No. Oh. So the week before Thanksgiving, you definitely ran more than me. Okay, sweet. Thanksgiving week, I ran. So one in enough. <laughs> you get you get fifty one weeks. I get one week. I can live with that. Perfect. Gordon, you haven't really been out winning stuff because you've been <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> you're 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 recovering in order to go then win things. How's it going? It's it's going pretty well finally. Um yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster this year. I uh, I think the last time we talked, I was outside some random hotel near Yosemite. Um oh, yeah. hiking around and sampling lakes and not really running at all. So you were definitely running more than me then. So you've got like several weeks on right. me this Maybe year. Maybe like 3 or 4. Pro- at least, yeah. Sick. Um but yeah, the the since coming back to Gunnison in kind of the end of October. Um, things have been going really well. I've been kind of slowly building back into it. Now I'm back to the point where I'm pretty close to a normal training volume, which is very exciting. Um, yeah, there's nothing like super close on the horizon, which is also nice to kind of keep that focus just on this nice slow build. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into it for next year. So no, no thoughts yet about well, maybe this race, it's just like, no, we're just right now, how are we doing today? How are we doing next week? Uh, there are always thoughts about which races. <laughs> okay, um, let me rephrase. But are there serious thoughts? Yeah, yeah, there are. They're just a ways out. So I'm, last year I was going to run the San Juan Solstice 50 miler in Lake City and they got 
totally destroyed by snow and had like flooding and avalanches and all kinds of crazy stuff and ended up canceling the race. And so they rolled over all the entrance to next summer. So I'm hoping to do that one. It's in late June. And then I found out that the Wasatch Front 100, which I've been wanting to do for a couple of years, is going to be on my birthday next year. Hmm. So I put in for that one because, I mean, you kind of have to. Those are, those are Actually, the goals. Actually, it turns out you don't have to. I yes, can... you do, Jonathan. A birthday yes, race is like the goal in life. Yeah, that's really? the dream. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. How else would you want to spend your birthday other than like being totally miserable and running for 20 hours? It'd be great. Uh, I'm learning a lot. I don't think I've ever run a race on my birthday. I'm pretty sure about that. Some people will like run how old they're turning, but that I feel like that gets hard as you get older. Yeah. Like for us right now, I could run 23 miles yeah. in July, but hmm, we'll see how that evolves as I get older. But 100 miles on your birthday, that's the goal. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. And also, Jonathan, there's a first time for everything. There. This could be the year where you do a birthday race. <laughs> we'll I'm see. just saying. <laughs> there's a lot. I don't know. Listeners, dear listeners, I get a lot of peer pressure around here about racing. So they're they're trying to grind me down. We'll see where this all goes. Dear listeners, you can also help us peer pressure him into racing. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Good to have you guys here again for this conversation. And... Uh, it's good to get kind of the update and where you're at. And I think it's also kind of good in case people are kind of new to the podcast that like you guys are young. We should say that. How old are you guys now? Maddie, you are? I'm 22. You're 22. Mm -hmm. 23. Gordon's 23. But you guys are not super screwing around on this stuff. So while you are youthful, you aren't total morons. And so I'm very interested in just getting how you guys are going to approach now training when there's a bunch of snow on the ground. Um, and then we'll do our best to try to have you help us clarify when you think this is kind of best practices as you understand it versus I don't really know, but this is my personal practice, right? And I think those two things are valid and um, it should be an interesting conversation. So with that, training in the winter, how much do things change up for you when it comes to winter training, if we're talking about volume or focus, et cetera, let's start there. I'll start with saying that for me, running in the winter is pretty tricky. I just don't love it as much, especially around here. The trails don't get packed to the level that like I personally would like to run on. And even then running in the snow is kind of slow and you, you just have to have a different mindset going into it. So I end up running on the roads a lot, which for me has been great because I end up shifting my focus more towards speed versus volume because I can't run the same volume on the roads. I think I would break pretty quickly. Um, so I end up working on getting a faster return over and kind of focusing on, on speed and efficiency, especially on the flats. Cause I think that does come into play, especially during long ultras. If you have some ability to run fast. I mean, it builds your overall fitness very efficiently. So I, I end up shifting more towards that. Yeah, I think um, kind of along those same lines, uh, running in the winter just generally tends to be more road focused. And for me, at least that means way less volume because I just don't get as excited about going out and like pounding out a couple pavement miles. Um, also just practically, I think it's a good time of year to kind of 
give the body a break from a you know huge running volume and just back off a little bit and focus in on more specific elements like speed um yeah and just just kind of give a chance to reset and refocus after usually a pretty long year of big running and racing i feel like after the summer too over the summers i end up running slow more because i'm training for normally you know longer races so kind of shifting gear to the shorter stuff i feel like is huge for me because sometimes by the end of the summers i'm like "Eh, i'm kind of slow like i haven't ran a fast mile in a while so it's kind of nice to be like okay i can run 100 miles but i can also come back and throw down some fast road miles and in terms of surfaces we're talking about roads what about tracks and what about treadmills so i think i would err more on the side of treadmills than tracks at least around here the only option for tracks would be the indoor track and it's 200 meters so to do anything on that you're doing a whole lot of running in circles um treadmills i (laughs) i have an evolving relationship with treadmills i used to absolutely despise them and like yeah i just hated them more recently, I've I've come to appreciate the value that they can add when you don't feel like slipping around on ice. Um, there are definitely times in the winter where it's like, oh, I could go out and try to run on the roads and get super annoyed because I'm going to like fall over and get hit by a semi truck and like fall on a snowbank and it's going to be terrible. Or you could like go to the gym and put in some headphones and like listen to a podcast, say for instance, and get in a solid workout. Um, so I think treadmills definitely have their time and place, especially in the winter months. If you live somewhere particularly cold like Gunnison, but yeah, I think generally I, I definitely can't do it on a day-to-day basis cause it drives me insane. See, and I don't, I totally agree with you. I don't super hate the treadmill. Like I don't love it by any means. Like if it was my choice, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I'm going to jump on the treadmill. But it is nice, especially when it gets dark so early. Like when I'm done with class on Mondays and Wednesdays, the sun is setting. So if I want to go on a run, I have to put on my headlamp and I just get worried about not being seen. So there are some precautions you can take with that. But sometimes just jumping on the treadmill is easy. And I think there's a level of it that it's super good mental training because you're doing the same thing for an hour or 90 minutes or however long. And that's kind of what a lot of these races are anyways because you're doing a lot of the same thing and it gets boring. So having treadmill almost as like a mental training tool, I think can be good, especially if you go into it with that mindset, not of like, this is going to be the greatest run ever. If you think that you're probably not going to love life after. Maybe disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I'm not a treadmill hater. I mean, it turns out for all those reasons. I mean, plus here at Elevation, I can, if I time the days right, there's like going to be Monday night football on, possibly Mm. Thursday night football, and I can forget what I'm doing. Though I will admit, I do not ever watch Full House when I'm (laughs) on a treadmill. (laughs) See, I can't really watch things while I'm on the treadmill because I feel like it makes me like kind of dizzy. But this is why actually football is perfect for all of the terrible things there are about football. You only have to pay attention for like literally three seconds and then the play is over and then you've got another like 45 to 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a good, it's for like mentally weak people like myself, (laughs) this works out real well and keeps me, keeps me on that thing. So heck yeah. yeah. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Okay. So related, 
if you're not running specifically, what other sports or activities are you doing to kind of supplement the running? So in previous years, I've always completely switched sports in the winter and just gone completely to Nordic skiing. Um, and I think that's that can be really beneficial, especially if you live somewhere that gets a lot of snow. Uh, because as Maddie was saying earlier, running in the winter just isn't as much fun. Um, and it can be really demoralizing to be doing that for months on end and be like, wow, this kind of sucks. And I hate snow because I have to run in it all the time. Uh, whereas if you can shift your focus to something that's a little bit more winter oriented, like Nordic skiing, you're like, oh, this is great. There's snow and I can still go get a solid workout in and it still maintains your solid aerobic fitness and everything. Um, so I've really appreciated that aspect of it, but I will say that it makes it a lot harder come springtime to get back into running mode. Um, hence why I'm like always injured come midsummer because you, you know, you're skiing all winter and then you come off of that and they're like, oh, running season. I'm going to go run like a bunch of really cool races and do all this fun stuff. And I always get way overexcited and forget that I haven't been running all winter. Um, so I think having a second sport as an option is really great. Um, but I think also maintaining some consistency with running throughout the winter, uh, is really helpful for getting back into things come spring. Have you Nordic skied since you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been Nordic skiing in the winters since, I don't know, probably elementary school, um, and competitively through most of high school and college. So. It's this year is really the first winter where I'm actually trying to train specifically for running throughout the winter. So I'm excited for that mostly. I last year got a schemo set up because I was hearing from so many different people and seeing all these runners who in the winter kind of shift their focus um, and spend more time skinning uphill. So I think there's huge benefits with that because. I think schemo is really hard. Yeah. I think even on the days when I'm going like easy, I feel like my heart is pounding and I end up sweating a lot and get hot. And it's also just different. Mm -hmm. So I like that part. Um, but I, I grew up with a ski background. So that part has always kind of been fun for me. So I'll still ride the lifts in the winter, but it's more for like the mental release because I feel like I've been skiing for so long that it's not – like, I can go and not feel wrecked the next day. Like, mm -hmm. I know some people, when they haven't skied before, they'll feel like they've got their butt kicked after a long day of skiing. And for me, it's mostly just, like, super fun and mentally relieving. So I still try to integrate that downhill skiing. But then uphill skiing, I kind of use that where in the summers I would double. In the winter, I will ski in the morning and then run in the afternoon. So I'm still getting, you know, the same amount of volume per se but it's not all running so it just kind of switches it up i think like gordon was saying just finding ways to take advantage of the snow is huge mentally but also physically like it's nice to give your body a little bit of a break from pounding all day how do you guys handle cold temps i asked stevie kramer this and she's like i don't know i just run and i'm like okay um I guess it works for you, but like, at what point do you look, or is there a point where you look, you wake up in the morning and you look at the temps and you think that is my cutoff line where I don't go outside or I don't go outside to run? 
I think for me, if it drops below 10 degrees, so like into the single digits or below that. You're not a single digit runner. No, I think Stevie's really tough and like I'm a weenie, but I don't like being cold when I run. Like there's a level where even if you're wearing two pairs of tights, your legs get so cold and then it just sucks because your legs feel crappy the whole time. And there's just some mornings where I, I won't do it. Gordon, what have you learned or what do you do? So from as far as what I've learned, I have heard that there are adverse effects to your lungs when you're running or exercising hard in really cold temperatures. Um, it can increase the risk of exer- exercise-induced asthma, theoretically, which is no bueno. Um, and I've actually heard that more through the Nordic skiing world. And it's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. You'll see people out Nordic skiing in really cold temperatures and they have these little breathing mask thingies that heat up the air before it goes into their mouths. It makes them look kind of like ducks or something. It's great. Um, I've never used those, but some people think they're great. Um, as far as what I do, um, I, in the past, haven't really had a cutoff temperature. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go run tomorrow and I'll just go and do it, whatever the temperature is. I did, In retrospect, I don't think that was always the best idea. So my freshman year, for example... I was trying to run a couple days a week in the morning and it would be like minus 15 degrees or minus 20 and that was just not enjoyable. So I think now I will probably on those days err on the side of getting on a treadmill. Um, But I have always been amazed by when you do layer up and you're out running and working moderately hard, you can warm up in just about any temperatures. I'll agree with that. That's true. Now, backing up for a second, you said you were talking about really cold temperatures. What do you mean by that? So I would say really cold temperatures, probably five degrees and below. Okay. That's somewhat arbitrary, but yeah. But I do think like Gordon was saying, there's a level of how hard you're working out. Like I think if you go for a jog, you're not going to like that get asthma. Fair point, right? So yeah. like it, it's two variables at least here, which is what's the temperature and then how hard are you working? Right? Yeah, so, definitely. And if yeah. you do that every day, every winter for however many years, yeah, you're probably going to get some side effects eventually. But that's pretty much like with anything. The earth is killing us and we're killing it. It's a battle to the death. <laughs> no, that's uplifting. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about some winter gear. Um, how do you guys deal with icy, snowy roads and trails? Um, so for the most part, a lot of the time I'll just wear a shoe with a slightly more aggressive tread, even if I'm running on roads. Um, but I do occasionally like having a pair of micro spikes, which are basically these, just these little, uh, kind of extremely lame crampons that you can put on your running shoes. Um, and they give you better traction if it's extremely icy out. And so you can just kind of like stretch them over your shoe and go out for a run. Um, I don't really use them, you know, every single time I go out the door in the winter, but it's definitely a nice option to have. So why do you call them lame? Well, just like... You feel like a nerd or in that they're lame (laughs) and that they aren't effective? I mean, yes, always. No, they, (laughs) they work pretty well as just compared to like actual crampons. They're like... 
Yeah, but they're you're like not the little league. Everest. They're like the little league version of crampons. They're like <laughs> an inch long or like a centimeter right. well, long or something. That's yeah. the right tool for the job. I feel like you're giving these mini micro. <laughs> giving them a bad rap. Yeah, you are. I, I don't. What did they do to you other than help you run in the winter? Man. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't give me an excuse to not run in the winter. Something like that. All right. I haven't used any before, but I would like to try some out just to kind of see how they help. I have heard they're super helpful on trails, especially. So that would be interesting to see how they how they really do impact all of that. And whether or not they are lame. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we need a second opinion on yeah. this because. Yeah. Yeah. I better get on that. Yep. <laughs> Let's go to layering. I want to hear your approaches on this and best tips. So I think the common rule of thumb that many go off of is you're not supposed to wear cotton at all, but also definitely not as your base layer. I think that rings true, especially in the winter, especially when you're running because you're still going to sweat. So I like to do a base layer that's normally made of wool. So Vormi makes some really cool stuff that I've been using a lot more of, and I'm really liking all of it. So I'll put that on first and then do normally – a vest if it's super cold, but then I like to do a windbreaker on top because those hold your heat in really well. So it kind of keeps you, sometimes they're too much because they get hot, but on those cold days, they work super well. And then with pants, I guess I have like some fleece line tights, which I think work really well on super cold mornings. And then when you say t- super cold, like this in is- the teens. Teens, 20 to 10 or like 32 Fahrenheit to 10? I have a pair of tights that have like a paneling on the front of your thigh. So they kind of break the wind. And those I'll wear when it's below, say, 20 degrees. And then on super, super cold. So if I were to run in the single digits, I think I'd probably put a pair of tights underneath that. I don't like it when my thighs get cold. It bugs me. Good to know. <laughs> Important facts. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would second all that and add um I think my the two most important pieces of winter attire that I have are one a buff. Um my neck always gets cold. I mean that might be kind of a weird part of your body to always have cold, I don't know, but <laughs> I it just drives me nuts and like your chin and everything. So I love having a buff that you can like put around your neck and then pull it up over your head if you're getting really cold. Um I've found those to be really helpful. Sometimes when it's really cold, I'll even pull those up like over my mouth and nose and I feel like that helps with the um so you're not just breathing in straight like negative 10 degree air. Um <laughs> or just run inside if you're not a dumbass. Um <laughs> The other thing that I think are can be really important, this is more for Nordic skiing, but also for running our windfront underwear. These are definitely a thing. Huh. You're looking at me with a weird expression, but go skiing or running in a pair of thin tights on a cold day and you will you will learn to appreciate them very quickly. They probably um, only make those for guys, don't Yeah, they? I think it's more of a, of a male thing, but they're they're essential. So I'd yeah. like a pair. Yeah, they make some women's. They probably exist, but yeah, go, I would I would definitely it. encourage checking some of those out cuz yeah, they're lifesavers. Now, my question, when you run with a buff on, does it freeze though when you put it over your mouth? Cuz that's what I can't do cuz I breathe and then it freezes and I hate that. Yeah. When it's wet. It's a little annoying, but I've found if you just like put it over your mouth and don't move it until you're done running, I can tolerate it. 
for like how long? I mean, you run that way for like 20 minutes, 30, an hour, two yeah, hours. Yeah, probably like an hour. I That's the other thing that I guess I forgot, kind of forgot to mention earlier is in the winter, I rarely run for more than like hour and a half. Outside. Yeah, like long runs are just not a thing for me in the winter because I don't want to go run for four hours when it's really cold and I'm running on a road. Um, so yeah, generally on the shorter side of things, but yeah, I've, I've run with a buff over my mouth for like an hour probably. How, what's a, what's a quote unquote short run for you in the winter? So like, what's the range? If you're saying pretty much maximum you're going out for is 90 minutes. Is that fair or that's too high? No, that's fair. Um, and again, this winter will probably be a little different since I'm running a bit more, but I think generally if i'm going out for a run i'll go out for at least 30 minutes mm-hmm. um just because i feel like with all of the layering up and yeah. putting on shoes and stuff if you go out for less than that it's like why bother um so 30 is your minimum yeah 30 to 90 minutes i would say is probably the general range would you do 10 runs outside in two weeks yeah i'd probably yeah probably around that Okay. Yeah. And then, so I'm sorry, I'm just drilling down on what you actually do with your life. So <laughs> if 30 is the minimum, 90 is the maximum, where are you of those, of 10 runs? Are you normally coming in at about 60 or it really is working that range from 30 to 90? I would say majority around 60 and then a couple runs around 90 minutes and maybe one or two around 30 minutes. Okay. Generally, it's, I think the 60 to 90 minute range is probably the most common for me yep. but then occasionally drop down and do something, something shorter maddie i mean maddie runs longer i bet I uh, no doubt i was while you were saying that and how you don't like to run on the roads for so long in the winter every winter that i've been here i don't know why but i will run from crested butte to gunnison on the <laughs> highway it's like kind of special to me because i think it's like pretty boring and also when you tell anybody they're like oh i hate that drive though i wouldn't it's like okay well i like it as a run that first of all the drive is gorgeous Thank who, you. who says that they hate that well like it's like long that's what they're referring to yeah but it's gorgeous though i don't know how if you're gonna be mad at a drive like if you don't like that drive you just don't like driving that's probably that's the amazing. real problem right so they're wrong whoever that is tell them i said they're wrong all right I will. <laughs> but yeah so i'm not if I run from the mountain all the way down. That's, from Mount CB, from here. Yeah. Wow, you do that? I do. It's kind of fun. And like it's once? not a 50K. What? Oh, just once in okay. the winter. <laughs> You're it's, sneaking in secret 50Ks. <laughs> I, well, in my defense, in previous winters, I've been training for things that that was important. Okay. But, that's That's when I would switch to skiing. <laughs> <laughs> I like this Halfway. idea that like if I have to like, I don't know, deliver like an SD card to Gordon that I can just be like, hey, Maddie, why don't you run up from Gunnison to Ooh. Mount CB? I'll give you the little card and you can just run back. See, I like to take the bus up and then run oh, back. Okay. It's, it's nice. That still works. Yeah. yeah. So let me know when okay. you need a, a delivery. Okay. But yeah, I think my range is similar to Gordon's, but um, maybe just slightly more volume than he does because I'm not Nordic skiing every day or pretty much every day. Okay. He Nordic skis a lot. and I do. It's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I run more in the winter. Okay. 
Yeah, if you ever want to join in on my run. From- I don't. <laughs> Come I don't. on, it's kind of fun. Maybe she's going to keep putting these offers out there yep. until you eventually yep. say yes to one of them. I mean, if I'm going to do that, if I'm running from Mount CB to Gunnison, that's definitely going to be like a spring, summer, or fall thing. Let's just be honest you here. You could do it any time of the year. It would be beautiful I'm just all times. telling you when I would actually con- like even remotely consider this. So right. I'm very intrigued by the not winter version of that run. I'll so. pitch it to you in April. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> keeping on this thing of winter gear, what are your selections for number one piece of winter specific gear that you find to be most useful and then least useful? So let's start with most useful. Gordon, what do you got? Um, so I would say most useful would probably be a pair of shoes with good traction. So whether that is a regular, you know, some pair of road shoes or normal trail shoes that you then put micro spikes on or just a more aggressive pair of trail running shoes. Um, I just hate slipping around on snow when I'm running. It's really frustrating. Yeah, And yeah, not great for knees. Not great for knees. Not great for like falling on your face and looking like a dumbass. So yeah. What what road shoe would you claim has good traction? Oh, none. But some road (laughs) shoes, some road shoes you can put micro spikes on and it works a lot better because they have a smoother outsole. Got it. So it's easier to get them on. So actually, if I'm going to use micro spikes, I usually put them on a road shoe. Got it. I just wanted, I didn't want you, I didn't want anyone to be thinking like, oh, Oh, I got to go get the good road shoe with <laughs> no, no. ice traction powers. Um, yeah, and then least useful, and this is kind of a personal ongoing rant I have about running shoes, but I would say waterproof running shoes. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's just kind of a weird concept, and I don't think that it really does anything because your foot's sweating so much anyways in most cases, or in the winter, it's so cold that you're not getting wet anyway. Um, and if it does ever get wet, like you step in a puddle that's, I don't know, more than an inch and a half deep. And so it splashes everywhere. Now you have like this great waterproof booty to hold all of that moisture in your foot, in your shoe and make your feet wet for the next, however long you're running. So yeah, I would say that's, that's kind of towards the bottom of my list, but Mm -hmm. again, kind of a personal rant. Well, except that at blister are two like technical apparel kind of gurus like Sam Shaheen and Luke Kappa, they absolutely despise like waterproof shoes exactly oh, for these reasons. I'm glad so to hear I'm not the only one. No, Sometimes in, I feel like I am. You're in like, good company, I think, on okay, that. Okay, good. Good to know. Yeah, I've never really gotten on board with the waterproof shoes, but mostly because it's like it feels so niche when you would actually need them. So I've never been like, oh, this shoe will be great for that one time that I'm just running through a river. Other than that, it'll be you know, fine. I I think probably for me, my most useful would be, like Gordon was saying, good shoes, but more so, I think, gloves. If your hands get cold, like, that sucks. Or or your ears. So a good hat and good gloves. Gloves is tricky, too, though, in terms of, like, when when I've tried to run with gloves, it always, like, now I'm sweating out and I never found like the kind of ideal running glove or at least not yet for me. And I'm I'm definitely not tried everyone out there or anything. What are you, what's your current go-to? There's a couple. 
So Solomon makes one that's like a liner, mm-hmm. but then it has a mitten that tucks in the back that you can pull over your fingers, which I like because I think the liners are nice because they're not too heavy. Yep. But then being able to pull something else around your fingers is super nice because I like mittens anyways, but that like additional layer keeps everything warm. Mm-hmm. And I, I know there's other companies that make similar style. I think it's a great design of having the the pullover mitten. Um, that's kind of my go-to. But I also like thicker gloves. I normally don't have an issue with my hands being hot in gloves. And if I do, I just take them off and let them cool down and then put them back in, um, which is a pain. And, you know, if you can avoid it, you should. But um, I have a couple warmer pairs that I've really been liking. Um, But I'm still trying to figure out my favorite. Well, to wrap up this episode, and I mean, these are definitely going to be some topics we're going to be revisiting, um, certainly as here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are finally just getting a bunch of snow in a whole bunch of different places. So um, for now, what other advice would you guys present uh, for winter training? I would say the biggest thing, if... If you struggle with motivation at all in the winter, which I think most people do, I think if you meet someone who's stoked every single day to go run outside. I've never met the person's like, you know what I hate? Running in the spring, summer, or fall. <laughs> yep. I hate running when it's moderately warm and right. I can wear shorts. Right. Yeah. If you're that person, good for you. You should call in. Maybe we'll have you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I think planning out your, you know, spring and summer and fall races is super helpful. So, and put it on a calendar, put it somewhere where you can see it every morning. I have, um, in my calendar, in my room, I have my big goal races where I see them every morning. So when I wake up and I don't want to go on a run or I don't want to go to the gym and do the little things that are really good to do in the winter, like lift weights and work on stability. Um, when I see those and remember like the bigger things I'm shooting for, then yeah, it's, it's helpful because it gets me out the door. So plan some races or goals, even if they're routes you really want to do, but you need that fitness. I think that's a huge motivator. Yeah. And kind of building on what you were saying about, you know, doing the little things during the winter, I think because running volume is usually a little bit lower, it's a really good time to focus on things that you're not quite as good at. So whether that is getting into the gym and getting a little bit of extra lifting so that you're stronger and don't end up injured all the time or working on more speed to get your leg speed up a little bit. Um, it can be a really helpful time to do that because you have just a little bit more bandwidth to focus on stuff that's not just running since your overall volumes tends to be a little bit lower. It's also on the same vein, it's a good time to kind of dial in other life stuff, whether that's work or like social situations, you know, just doing Dial in your stuff. social situations? So, I mean, like... You're like, I am now going to date during I the winter. Not only dates date in, the winter in the winter, winter yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think as runners during the summer, a lot of times it can be, like, very all-consuming, and especially when it's nice outside, you just want to do that all the time. Um, Jonathan's Things. like, I don't, but you might speak for yourself. Things people say that I'm not sure I'm totally on board with, but this is, yeah. You know, Regardless, it, when you're not running all the time, there's a lot of other things you can do. So winter can be a good time for that. 
like take it. that with grain of salt, but yeah, do with it what you will. See, you might be trying to date in the winter. I'm trying by the end of the winter to be able to do two pull-ups. Because oh, the first one you can kind of bounce off the ground. So the second one, that's my goal. Wait, so every year this is your goal? Like, no, this is new. 2020. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. So Thanks. the goal for by when you want to have two legit, I'll grade the pull-ups. Ooh, yeah. Dang. Um, I don't know. You know, it could be like loose, like May when I graduate no, college. May Come 1. on. May no, 1. How, about, how about graduation day? What's that? Mm, I don't know. May 16th. Okay, so May 16th, two legit pull-ups. Okay, so Jonathan, you have to get a pull-up bar installed Ooh. in Blister HQ before then so we can judge properly. You could do I'll that go like to when Western. You're thinking no, about I'll come that. down to Western. No, I'll take a field trip. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. We'll right. do it at Western and on graduation day in my cap and gown. That'd be so fun. <laughs> Look, <laughs> keep your eyes peeled for this Instagram story. I feel um, like we should do a whole podcast about it. The two <laughs> little be training momentous. for the yeah. All right. I actually can probably help you with this one. Okay. The training for this, yeah. You want to be my pull-up coach? I could definitely be that. Yeah. Perfect. So we can talk. We can we can barter here. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll muff, let my other muffin, coach know <laughs> that I now have a pull-up. Coach That's right. <laughs> That should definitely go on my business card now. I like this idea. Perfect. Um, okay, good. That's a very specific goal. I like specific goals. Two pull-ups by May 16th. Gordon's going to date. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Specific Gordon's goals. Gordon's going to date. <laughs> I don't know if I can help you so you much with that on one. You date. What? Come on, Jonathan. Well, I mean, I'll be your wingman. <laughs> oh, there we go. If that's all you need, but I don't really have... I'm probably more helpful with like pull-up technique than... I don't know. Um, but yeah, you let me know how I can be of service or help out on. Okay, on, on this. I'll keep you posted. Okay. Um, well, I definitely think we have now covered uh, everything we needed to cover and more in this conversation. You guys are kind of inspiring with how much you are already getting out and will continue to. So I salute you both, even if I don't always, you know, follow your example. I do salute you. That's all we need. Okay. Um, and it will be fun to keep figuring out kind of different angles and related things on this topic. And and I and we will come back. And I, I, I do think it's really interesting and important to just get a variety of takes on this. And so um, if some of you have tips on this and you want to share them, uh, feel free in the comments section to the show notes of this episode. Let us know either pieces of gear that you love that kind of get you through the winter and you kind of regard as indispensable. Let us know what things are working out for you and keeps you running. Thank you, you two. And Thank you. good luck with the recovering. Good luck with the training. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. All right. That's it for this edition of Off the Couch. Thanks to Maddie and Gordon for the conversation. Thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then we'd encourage you to subscribe to Off the Couch, tell your friends about the show, and leave us a nice little rating in iTunes. Until next time, keep moving forward, and we will talk to you again next week. <laughs>